We're glad that you guys are here. So, so excited. We want to focus a little bit on missions today. Uh, there's been a lot that's been happening um, as it relates to missions since the beginning of this year. And we just felt like it would be important to share with you uh, what God's been doing, how He's been impacting lives through missions uh, as, as we go out uh, from the bridge and reach the world that we live in. So that's what we're going to... That's what we're going to do today. Um, but I want to begin by, by asking you a question. Um, do you have a story? Does your life have a story? Does it have a beginning somewhere that hopefully it does? You weren't hatched somewhere. Or even if you were, that would be the beginning. But um, you have a story, right? There's stuff you do. You, you mow the lawn and go to work and make sure tires are good on your vehicle and check the brakes and do all that stuff. Uh, you have a family. They're a part of your story. Uh, the family that's a part of my story, Kirsten and Mackenzie and Taylor and Drew and Hunter, they're a part of the story of my life. They're a part of the people that God has brought into my life. But how many of you know that there's a lot more to living than that part of your story? How many of you remember what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1? Anybody know? 1-1, one, one, what does it say? In the beginning, God. And what did He do? He created everything. In the beginning, God created everything. And He created Adam and Eve on the sixth day, and our story began at that creation. Not only do we get to participate in the story of our family, but we also get to participate in a bigger story, a grand story, God's story, right? And how many of you know that God's created you, but He's invited you to be a part of that story? He wants you to share in that story. So um, God does that in our, our life, but let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever felt, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have, you have ever felt insignificant in the story of your life? You wake up day in and day out and just are like, is this it? Is this all there is? Is there, is there not more to my story than this? God has this grand plan, but I just don't see it, and I, I just feel so insignificant in, in the grand scheme of what God is doing in my life. What does the person outside the doors of this church think? How do they feel about their story? How do they feel about the story of Christ? The story of Jesus. You know, God has a story. His story began at, cre began at creation, but what else happened in the story of God? Did He send His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that we could know forgiveness of sin? Is that part of the story that God has been writing and part of the story that He's invited us into? It's a story of what? It's a story of love, right? Is it a story of grace? A story of forgiveness? Well, when the world looks in at the church, what do they see? What do they see? How do they see the church? Uh, a philosopher and socialist named Karl Marx, he lived in the early 1800s and died in the late 1800s. He believed 
that Christians only cared about the next world that was coming. That they didn't care anything at all about this world here that we live in. Why did he think that? And was he right in thinking that? Do we send that message to the world that we live in? Do we send the message to the world that, you know what, we know, we say God loves you, we say He's for you, we say there's mercy and there's grace, and and He'll provide every need that you have. But we walk by the man who's hungry, and we say, God bless you, God be with you, I'm praying for you, and we keep on going. We walk by the, the woman who has no coat, and it's 35 degrees outside. And we say, God bless you. Hope you get warm and we keep on going. I'll be praying for you, by the way. When we do that in the world that we live in, how do they see the church? Do they see a church where we are looking into the world that we live in and we have our eyes wide open and we're engaged in that world? Or do they see a, world, or see a church that looks at the world around them with blinders and says, you know, I mean, I know you got problems, I know you got stuff going on, but I got to get over here. I'm kind of running a little bit late. That's why outreach is so vitally important to us at the bridge. I think for far too long, we have had an inward focus as the church. But the Bible teaches us that one of the roles of our faith in Jesus is to make the world come into focus. He wants us to see what He sees. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever prayed the prayer, God, help me hurt when you hurt. Help my heart break for the things that break your heart. But you know what I'm guilty of doing? I'm guilty at times of laughing at the things that break the heart of God. Not even noticing the things that cause Him to take pause. I'm so guilty of doing that. But God wants us to understand He's got a purpose for our lives. And so before we look at some of the things that we've done, we want to celebrate some of the things that have happened through missions this year. But before we do so, I want us to look in Scripture I want us to look in John 17. And the Scripture will be up on the screen. But in John 17, Jesus is praying. This is right before He's handed over and He's going to be crucified and He's going to be uh, placed in that borrowed tomb. And He first prays and says, God, my prayer is that You help me glorify You in everything that I'm about to do here. And then He said... I pray that I will be known to those. That I will, they will understand that eternal life comes to those who believe in me. Who believe that I'm the Son of God. And trust me. And enter into a relationship with me. I want them to know that. I want them to understand that. And then Jesus prays for the disciples. And He prays for those who believe because of the disciples. See, everything in the Bible, everything that Jesus prays for His disciples and other people, He does for this reason. It's all to lead people to know Him. It's all about knowing Him. And by knowing Him, we have life. 
What does the Bible say about our life apart from God? It says when we're apart from God that we're what? We're dead in our trespasses and sin. But when we know Him, it brings life. And if we have life, then we glorify God. Our lives should glorify God. Does my life glorify God? Does everything I do bring glory to Him? Has there been a time this week where I have not glorified God in my thought life, in my actions, in my words, in my deeds? I guess actions and deeds are the same thing. Yeah, there have been. Have you had any of those this week? Maybe today. Don't raise your hand. Riding to church. Straighten up now. We're in the parking lot. We're at church. Y'all better act like you love Jesus, even if you don't. You know, I mean, don't we do that? We get, we get frustrated and mad, and we love Jesus. I mean, you know, but we're human. But we're like, now straighten up. We're at church. Don't go out there wrestling in the ground. You're going to mess your nice clothes up before you get to kids' church, you know. But we do all that. But God's purpose for each and every one of our lives is to glorify Him in everything that we do. Man. I got to tell you, that is a big thing to accomplish in this life. How many of you would agree with me this morning? Life is hard. Is life hard? Is it difficult? No? Okay. Um, it's tough. You got bills to pay, you got stuff messing up, you know, and things happen in your life. Life is difficult, life is tough. We got people here this morning who went, got on an airplane and left Belize and thought, I'm going to be home at 720. Uh uh. Because we got weather and we got waiting and we get irritated and we want to be there. Not that group. They didn't get irritated. They were kumbaya in the airport. <laughs> I know who was with them. So. <laughs> um, um, I didn't say who, but it's tough, isn't it? It's, it's hard. And so then we think about, man, my life, the intent of my life is to bring glory to God in everything that I do. Man, God, you got to help me in that. And i got to be honest with you. There have been times that in this life I have thought, Lord, if the ultimate goal is heaven, can I just go on and be there you know can't we do why don't we do that first and and just skip all this difficult stuff well you know why we don't do that because Jesus when he's praying this prayer in John 17 tells God the father he says I don't want that I don't want that for them I want them to live this life and go through this life it's a preparation for many things, but they need to do it. John 17, beginning in verse 14, it'll be on the screen behind me, says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am. Now that verse right there alone is one that'll just get you excited, right? About running out and doing some stuff for Jesus in Jesus' name, 
because the Word of God tells us that that's something we need to do. Man, we're going to do that, and what has the world done and does the world do? Hates. Hates the Word of God. Hates the name of Jesus. You don't believe it? Start going around telling everybody you know and see the responses that you get. People cringe. They don't like it. But he said, I've given them your word and the world has hated them. But here's my prayer. Because we're like, God, if you love me, help me do something about them mean people. (laughs) Do something about them now. And he says, no. He says, no. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He said, I don't want them out of the world. Don't take them out. So what does that tell us? If his prayer is that we're not to be taken out of the world, what does he want us to do in the world that we live in? He wants us to engage this world. He wants us to be a part of this world, to look at this world. We're in it, but not of it. We don't act like everybody and the brother that we see, but we're going to engage in the world that we live in. We're not just going to shut the world out. Wouldn't that be easy? Anybody ever been hurt by somebody? Anybody got walls up today? Don't raise your hand. That's what we do. Close ourselves off because it makes it easier. Then we don't have to deal with it. If we got walls up, guess what we don't have to face then? We don't have to face the potential of hurt. But you know what else we don't do? We don't live. We don't live the life that God intended us to live. We don't enjoy the freedom that He wanted us to enjoy. So His prayer was that we not be taken out, but that that He would protect us. And then in verse 16 it says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And then He says in verse 17, Sanctify them. Does anybody know what that word means? Sanctify means to set apart. Sanctify them. Set them apart. How? By the truth. All right? Where do we find that? What does it say? In your word. Your word is the truth. Sanctify them by the truth. And the truth is your word. Your word teaches us how we are to live. So you've set us apart and you've sanctified us. By the truth. See, there's a tension as we read that. When we look at not being uh, of the world and uh, even as Jesus is not of it and that He has set us apart, there's a word we hear right here. When we look at this passage of Scripture, it isn't in the Bible, but we hear it from people that are looking into the church and saying, okay, how are they living? How are they acting? You know what that word is? Anybody ever looked at you and said, I'm not going to go to church because it's full of? Everybody knows that word. Y'all have all heard that. Very good. Full of hypocrites. Why do they say that? Because when they look into the church, what is the difference they see? What's the difference? Do they, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard that word before. And one of my responses has been, well, that's just an excuse. You just don't want to be in church. Come on, there's hypocrites everywhere. Absolutely true, there are. 
But when people look at the church, and then they look outside, and they ask the question, what's the difference in what I'm looking at? And they don't find it. Guess what they start saying? They start saying, man, I don't want to go there. Because those people got, the same, they, they got stuff going on just like it's out here. And it's the same stuff that's going on out here that's going on in there. Why would I want to go in there? It's the same thing. God has sanctified us. He has set us apart. And what God has called us to do is be different. And I'm not saying that we're not. But I'm saying the, the worldwide church, when we look at it, Look at the divorce rate in the world. People who do not profess to be Christians. And look at the divorce rate in the church. Look at gossip, slander, lying, cheating, all those things. You know, we, we like to pick on the first stuff, you know, the stuff we murder and all that stuff. But you know, gossip, that's, that's a sin too. Some of y'all going to go home today and say, I can't believe Pastor Andy wore another V-neck to church today. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that all he's got? My wife does give me, she's got more clothes in my closet than that. But um, yes, I did wear a V-neck because I don't have to iron it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, that, it's hard for us to hear that, but that's the tension, guys. That's the tension that we, that we feel in, in the world. And, and so God says it's so important. It's so important that you're set apart. And it's so important because I'm going to send you. I'm sending you into the world. I'm going to send you into this place, and you're going to go in the name of Jesus. And you better be sanctified. You better be set apart. You better have prayed. Because what's going to happen if we go out there and we're not? I'm going to say a word that I haven't used since the eighth grade. Well, that's probably not true, but because I have kids and I see it running out their nose all the time. But you're going to get the snot beat out of you. You know? That's what's going to happen. If we go out there and we're not set apart and we're not in that place that we need to be, then it's going to be bad. Why is it important to be that way? Because God has a purpose for our lives that's way bigger than us. He wants to, that, that uh, video that we just saw said that God wants to use us and He uses missions as a conduit to do His will and work in this world. And if we as Christians are conduits in this world, then He's going to use us. I'm going to get to be a part of people's lives being set free, marriages being saved, hope restored to the hopeless, and all those different things that God wants to do. And I miss all that when I'm not in that place that I need to be with Him. Pastor Andrew preached last week. And he talked about God saying no. Didn't he do a great job last weekend? Pastor Andrew did a fantastic job. And uh, uh, just an awesome man of God. Great preacher. But he said, you know, sometimes God says no. And sometimes we say no. God wants to send us somewhere. And we're like, mm, I don't know about that, God. 
because I'm familiar with this over here. I don't really know about that over there. I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to go. And it reminds me, as I was thinking about this concept, it reminded me about going to Space Mountain when I was a little boy with my mom and dad to Disney World. I believe that's the one in Florida, right? Anybody ever ridden Space Mountain? Yeah. It's in a dome. It's in a big room, and it's all dark in there, right? And I'm waiting in line, and I'm going to get on the line to Space Mountain with my dad. And I don't know if I was walking like that, but it just feels right. And I, I'm waiting, and we get into the building because there was a line out of the building, and we've been there about an hour and a half. And, and we get in, and we get right to the point where we're about to get on one of the cars for the roller coaster. And you know the lights flash in there. And there's all kind of noise and stuff carrying on. And the lights start flashing, and I saw Space Mountain. And I said, y'all can ride that by yourself. I'm going over here. <laughs> Scared me to death. I'd been invited into that thing. But I was so afraid of doing it because I was so scared that thing was going to come off the rails. And I was going to eat some of Space Mountain that day. And that would not have been good. And so my dad let me, you know, he's like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm getting on it. And, and I stood there waiting with the, with the workers until they got off. But, you know, a lot of times God calls us into things. And we get just a little glimpse of what that might look like. And we go, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. Why do we do that? I know for me, it's because my faith in Him, obviously in that moment, isn't as strong as it should be. If I believe He created the heavens and the earth, that in the beginning God and everything else came to be because He spoke it into existence... If he sends me somewhere, you think he can handle it? I think he can. I think he can. Later on, years later, I finally got on a roller coaster. Now, I look like I was, um, that I, I've never had kidney stones, but I think I looked like I did when I got on that first roller coaster and we went down that first hill. I was like, mm, yeah, you know. And, um, but after it was over, I was like, that was so much fun. And I never would have known it if I hadn't got on. If I hadn't taken that step. And God's called us, and I'm so thankful. You know, one of the things that's happened here at the bridge is we have become very externally focused as a church. We want to see people that are hurting. And we, want, we don't want to just see them. We want to engage them. We want to show them the love of Jesus. It's why we celebrate hot dogs and hamburgers being served and all these different things. So this morning, we're going, we're going to share some stories and we're going to celebrate some things. Pastor Jimmy's coming out right now and he's going to celebrate some of the things happening in outreach. And I want you to give him a big hand as he comes. But we're not sharing these things this morning because we want to give ourselves a pat on the back. We're sharing them because God is being glorified in what's happening here. Thank you, Pastor Jimmy, for coming this morning. Well, y'all having a good day? 
about four or five of you doing good so far, right? As I'm speaking right now, um, well, let, let me retract that. We had a missions team to come in late early this morning, late early this morning from Belize. We've got another missions team getting ready to leave next week to go to Kentucky. Right now, we've got a, a missions team at the community soup kitchen feeding the homeless. And God's doing a wonderful thing in our church. Let's give God a hand clap for that, folks. Um, a lot of times, when I, you know, we're talking about missions and we're talking about what God is doing in our church and what God, is, God wants to do in our church. And right now, I'm going to tell you something. Before we get started, I want to challenge every one of y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, I don't, I'm not really good on my vernacular, as they say, so I'm kind of say what I think a lot of times. God expects every one of us to get off the seat and do something for him. God expects every one of us. Listen, it's good that you're saved. We go to heaven. Well, I'll see you in heaven, and we'll just do a good old thing there. You know what I mean? But God expects, in my heart, I believe God expects every one of us to tell somebody about him. It's not fair, folks, if you hold that thing back and don't tell somebody. So what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to be preachers and all this kind of stuff? A lot of us, a lot of us don't, don't have the gift of preaching or teaching like this. But you do have a gift of smiling. You have a gift of a pat on the back. You have a gift of servanthood uh, to, with you also. And when I think about missions, like we're talking about today, I think about outreach. To me, it's the same thing. And, you know, it's changing lives for Christ forever. It's changing lives for Christ forever. Before I go any farther, I want to, I want to personally thank all the volunteers that have helped our outreach ministry here at our church. If you've served in the prison ministry, in the soup kitchen ministry, or any outreach ministry, raise your hands a minute. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So, uh, and so God is doing a good thing with the first service and this service also with many volunteers. But I had actually, I had more volunteers in the first service. So a lot of y'all are fresh meat for outreach. How about that? But I want, to thank, I want to thank you as volunteers for helping us. I want to thank the church for allowing our, our outreach ministry to go out and to minister to the world. I want to thank the church also for giving their finances because without the volunteers, we couldn't do it. Without the money, we couldn't do it. So God be praised that we do have a church that is mission-minded and is outreach-minded. And I want to read a scripture that I don't have on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, it's Acts 1-8. God laid on my heart. And it's a very familiar part of Scripture. It says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and into Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now what God is saying right there says, I want you to be a witness to me in the city of Princeton. I want you to go in your town of Princeton and tell people about me. I want you to go to town, I want you to go to Rosewood and tell people about me. I want you to go to Goldsboro and tell people about me. And he says also into Judea. Now, I want, now that's not enough. He's saying I want you to go to North Carolina and tell people when you, when you ride down the road and go on vacation, tell somebody about me when you go on vacation and, and do that. And also he's talking about in Samaria, the United States of America. When God offers you an opportunity, a lot of y'all travel from state to state to state. Tell somebody about, about the love of Christ and what Christ did in your life. And the last part about it is the uttermost parts of the world. God, uttermost parts of the earth. God wants us to be world evangelists. Now, again, I'm not talking about going down preaching and stuff like this. I'm talking about with a smile. 
I'm talking about with a handshake. I'm talking about doing things for Christ to show that missions are in our heart, folks, that outreach is in your heart. There's a, there's a, um, I'll, well, let me talk about that in just a minute. Let me give you an overview of some of the things that we've, we've done here at our church and we're doing right now that some of y'all have helped in. And I challenge you, if you haven't helped in outreach, if in some of these things that we've done, I challenge you to come see me, to call me or email me or just come see us one way or the other. Um, Facebook, I'm on Facebook, and, and let, me, uh, let me know what you want to do because, listen, folks, there's something, there's, there's something God put in us. You know, when you, when you do something for the kingdom, when you tell somebody about him, when you do an act of kindness, an act, a random act of kindness, when you do that, there's something that kicks in that just makes you feel good. Does it make you feel good when you do something for others? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. Everybody just shake your head like this. Everybody shake your head a minute. Everybody shake your head. Now, well, that makes me feel better like that then. How about that? But look, let me give you one example. Like I said earlier, right now, we're serving in the soup kitchen. We do, uh, full, we do uh, every Sunday, we do a soup kitchen ministry. The first Sunday, we go to Smithfield Rescue Mission, and we minister, and we give life to the guys and ladies in Smithfield that are in the two houses there. The second, third, and fourth Sunday, we go to the soup kitchen here on Oak Street, and we minister. And folks, let me tell you something. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you see life at its basic. We've had people, we've had, we've had families pull up there. We've had people who drink. We've had drunks show up. We've had prostitutes to show up. We've had people to show up and want to get something to eat. We had a, a family, it was 35 degrees. Let me tell you a story a minute. We had, it was 35 degrees in the, in the winter. It was raining. We had our little tents popped up there, and we, everybody was shaking because it was so cold. And we had about, we had about um, 30 or 40 people there that, that had come in of the homeless people because it cuts down when it rains like that. But we had this precious family of a man and woman and a child, and they were telling us that their apartment had burned out. And the Red Cross had put them up for three or four days like they normally do. And they told me that they wanted to get some food to go because the rest of their family they had a husband, wife, four children were living in a warehouse in Goldsboro. No heat, no bathroom, no lights, no air conditioning. 35 degrees, dead of winter, living in a warehouse. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We don't have an option. God has given us a commission to go talk to somebody, to spread the love of Jesus, to serve them food, to tell them about him, to give them hope. That's our, that's our, that's our we don't have an option. So, so then our soup kitchen our programs, we serve over, we minister to five or 600 people every month. And I praise the Lord for that. We also will distribute clothes and we have a time when they'll bring out the, um, the barbers and they cut hair and we just give them a whole lot of love, give them a whole lot of love. Uh, my leaders in, our leaders in the uh, soup kitchen ministry is Kelly Carter, Jason and uh, Dana Britt, uh, um, Gary Rhodes and Miss Angie Miss Angie Short, they help us on the Goldsboro campus. So God is doing a great thing with our soup kitchen ministry. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. It, it, it'll just bring life to you. It'll bring life to you. One of the other ministries that I hope and pray that you, you've been involved with is our prison ministry. Uh, uh, it, it's just something. When you go to a, a prison program and see men, and it's not like the TV show where everybody's like, well, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be all this and all that. They're going to try and kill us and stuff like that. It's not like that. Because when we go in, we'll set up a food court. We'll set up stage and sound. And for the next three or four hours, we'll give life to those men. 
or those women. We serve four prisons in eastern North Carolina right now, two men's facilities, two women's facilities. And when we serve these facilities, let me tell you what happened. We just give them a smile. You'd be surprised. A chocolate chip cookie is one of the greatest evangelistic tools you've ever seen in your life. Uh, every, everybody that I've ever talked to in the prison, when we talk about, they, they bring out the issues that they were so kind to us and they gave us cookies and they gave us, they gave us Pepsi and they gave us hot dogs. We have a lady, uh, family that's just moved away now. The Porters, Julie, Miss Julie Porter. We were at Wayne Correctional and she, uh, she was on the serving line. She had a hot dog out like this and she, she looked at that inmate and she says, I love you and Jesus loves you too. And when she said that, I got a letter from the inmate about two months after that. And he said, when that woman told me that, I knew I had to give my heart to Jesus right then. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome what God, let's give God a hand clap for that. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's a God thing now. That's a God thing. And what God does in these facilities with, with you folks, not, not with me, but with you folks, y'all go out and y'all minister and you give a part of yourself. You'll, t- you'll literally take a part of yourself and present it to that person who's lost, who's in a prison, who is, who's serving for 10 or 20 years, who may be getting out tomorrow. We just don't know. But see, God uses us as that servant to do things like that. Before this year is over with, we will minister to over 2,000 inmates in these four prisons. Before this year, right now, right now, at this point right now, we have seen 30 to 40 inmates saved by the, by the power of Jesus Christ. Saved from hell, folks, because they want a better life. We do Bible studies in one of the local prisons here. We do Christmas parties. And I've got, a, in one of my letters, I've got, we went to Fountain Correctional. And this is part of missions. It's part of outreach. It's a part of giving. We went to one of our, uh, to, uh, we did a Christmas party at Fountain Outreach, at Fountain Prison. And we did two dorms. It was about 70 to 80 ladies. And when we were there, we, we, we brought Sir Richard, and he sang for them, so it was a lively time. And uh, it was real lively. And, uh, and we, had, we had a party with them. We ate with them, and we, we just had a good time. I got a letter a few months ago, after, a few months after that, and one of the ladies wrote me. She said it was the best G dorm and H dorm, had the best party woo-woo, of, of the whole time of anybody in the whole facility. And she said, Mr. Bryant, I have been in prison for four years. And she said, for those two hours, I felt like I was free. Isn't that awesome, man? And see, that's what God is charging us to do. Now, I'm sorry. I have a saying that if you don't like what I say, just put on that stupid Christian grin and just live with it. You know what I mean? So, so the way I look at life, if you don't like what I say, that's just tough. Because God has sent me, God has got me out here. I want to give part of myself to people. And I think, I think everybody deep down does. We're just a little timid to do it. Anyway, let me go on with that. We do school evangelism also. This year we brought in a one-man volleyball team. Uh, he came about 10 years ago. We brought him in this year. We, we evangelized uh, Johnson County and Wayne County schools. We put him in front of about four or 5,000 students. And with his message, of, uh, uh, of he played volleyball against different teams. And with his message, he reached these kids and he told them, you can, you can beat, beat the odds against bullying, drugs, peer pressure. And you can beat the odds against of letting people put you down and, 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 and the sex issues of, that the schools are facing right now. We went over to uh, Princeton over here. And uh, 
we had an assembly of about 1,200 people. 91 people gave their heart to the Lord that day. 91, 91 people. And now listen, the whole, here's the trick about it. And it's not a trick. It couldn't be done if, if this church didn't give the money. It couldn't be done if the volunteers didn't help. It wouldn't have been done if, if the vision of the church was, hadn't been worldwide, hadn't been community-wide and things like this. It would never have been done. Also, our outreach, folks, goes to Seymour Johnson. How many Seymour Johnson people that are attached to Seymour are here? Raise your hands. Give him a hand clap, folks. Yes, sir. Give him a hand clap. God is blessing through our military. What we have at Seymour Johnson, we work with the chaplaincy program, our missions and outreach program. We work with the USO and also, and we have a ministry called Call to Arms that, that ministers helps to the families of our military. It is a powerful ministry and God wants us to serve those that, that their spouses are away for the cause of freedom just for us. So God is doing a great thing on the air base here and in our military ministry. Uh, the, one of the last things I'm going to give you right here is we, we have an opportunity to work with the American Red Cross. Now, Miss Tammy Forrester, who is the director of the Red Cross here in Wayne County, she, um, I found out, I thought the Red Cross, just you just stuck a needle in and gave you blood. That's how dumb I was. But I found out what the Red Cross does. The Red Cross provides shelter, food, clothing, and things like this in a time of great disasters. The Red Cross is one of the, one of the greatest ministries I think I've ever seen in my life. I really do. And Tammy called me up the other day, right before 4th of July, and she said, Pastor Jimmy, she said, you told me that your soup kitchen trailer would be ready to go in season and out of season. I said, that's right. She said, I need y'all July the 4th to come to Kinston. There was a group of seniors at Kinston Towers residence there. There was about 100 seniors. Their whole apartment complex were burned out. They caught, fire and they caught fire and they were displaced. And they got them seniors and precious saints of God. They're placed all over Kinston now in different hotels and stuff. So I called Kelly and we got a team up. And we went down there and it was a million degrees outside. It was so hot. And we served hot dogs and drinks and sweets to those folks. We walked in and we talked to them. And that's what God does. And we were going to show some pictures. But evidently that's not going to happen, I'm assuming. Because it's all about me right now, I reckon. I don't know. But... uh. It was my, hey, there you go. <laughs> All right, make me out like a fool. Sorry, but, but, um, but the Red Cross, when we went and ministered with the Red Cross, that's what it's all about, folks. See, the, the deal is, is when we talk about evangelism and missions, we think, a lot of us think we got to preach, 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 preach. But friend, I'm telling you, a hot dog can lead, a people, can lead somebody to the Lord. A pat on the back, helping a senior, helping the Red Cross, helping issues like this. So, so God is just doing some great things from the Bridge Church and the Goldsboro campus and this campus. I read a scripture many years ago that really inspired me and it's kind of the gas that keeps me going right here. In Jude one twenty two, it says, Some having compassion, making a difference. And folks, that's our challenge, to make a difference in this life. Today, and, and it, I didn't mean to do this, but I'm challenging you folks. I'm challenging you. Make a difference in somebody's life. I dare you. I D-double dog dare you. How about that? I have no idea what that means, but it sounds cool. At least when I was 10, it did. But, um, but, but I dare you to make a difference in somebody's life. Let me give you a little bit of vision stuff that we're going to do in outreach. Right now, we developed a team. We have three or four men that have developed a, a reentry program for inmates in the, uh, in the prison system here. 
we're getting ready to approach the prison system in, in Wayne County. And uh, we've got guys that have put together, put together a curriculum that uh, with a three-month study course will help these guys get out of, when they get out of the facility, be able to talk, walk, and, and be right, and to get a job. Uh, to help them to re-enter society so that it's because a lot of the reciprocation rate is so tremendous with the prison systems. And a lot of times, a lot of times these, these churches will take these prisoners when they get out. Now, this is from their lips. They told me this. They'll go into the church and the church will pat them on the back and say, we love you with all our heart. But when they find out they're from prison, guess what they do? They scoot them out. They scoot them out. Well, guess what church is not going to do that. The bridge. We're not going to do it. We welcome him. I'm going to tell you, we're not going to do it. Because that's, that's the commission God has given us. Also, we, we're, going to, we're getting ready to do that. We're going to call that ministry Second Chance Reentry. And one ministry I'm really excited about right now, we are developing. It's, in, it's, in, it's just a vision statement. I've talked to several of them. We are getting ready to start a medical missions team right now out of this church. Man, I am so fired up. I could take that thing and turn it upside down about it right now. We have got several doctors and several nurses that want to give their gift to the community. So we're developing a program right now to go into the community and just serve medical missions where we can, we can physically minister to them and then we can spiritually minister to them through prayer. So God is doing some great things here at the bridge. Is he not? Amen. There you go. There you go. Yes, ma'am. So I want you to, so I challenge you if you, uh, if you, if you hear something, if you heard something that you liked, I want you to be a part of it. Please contact us. We can, we'll put you to work. I'll, I'll work you like a rented mule. How about that? Pastor Andy. Pastor Jimmy Bryan. I pick on him all the time. I, I've told him, I, I call him my daddy. Oh, and. Man. uh I've got him some senior citizen discounts at I Captain D's before, but he won't ever take them. I'm in total denial uh, right now. But I appreciate everything he does. Okay. Um, in closing, uh, we also went to Oklahoma. We're not going to show any of those slides. I showed several slides uh, to you guys a while back of that trip, 5,000 uh, or 10,000, rather, meals uh, close to it in a week that we were able to serve. We were able to to help people there. And then our Belize team uh, was sent out, and they just got back. I did have some pictures I wanted to share with you from that. Uh, some of the things that they did, uh, the first thing they did was renovated the church. This is um, Belize. I, I like to, uh, Wayne County that thing up and call it Jalacte, but that's not right. It's Halakte. And uh, this is the bridge Halakte, and they worked on that all week long. Uh, the other thing that they were able to accomplish was they, they built a latrine for the back of that building. There is not uh, access to a lot of running water and things like that there. So they built the, the outhouse there. Pastor Farrell also was able to do some preaching. He said he, he preached for the very first time. And uh, he's got his hat on there, keeping from getting a sunburn. And uh, he preached with an interpreter at least two services. I'm not sure he might have done more than that, but uh, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. They had VBS all week long, and a lot of our team participated in leading uh, the guys in VBS. And just an amazing time. 
Then this life changed. People making decisions to follow Christ. And I love this last picture. It's one of them in the river, and they're baptizing uh, some young men and women who have given their hearts to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. So let me ask you this question as we close. Why is mission so important? Because there is a big story. There's a, there's a grand story that God has. What's your place in that? Have you taken it? Have you stepped out and said, God, I'm going to step into that place that you have for me? Some of you here today maybe have never even taken the first step. And that is following Christ. And so my prayer for you is that you will take those steps that are necessary so that you can live the life that God has intended for you to live and be a part not only of the story that He's given you here in this community, which is wonderful, but also allowing you to be a part of His grand story. Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer?